The Shady Hoosier Detective Agency Ghost Busting Mystery Episode 7 Chapter 7 We couldn't get a spit of work done the next morning at the office. The phone rang and rang and rang like Christmas bells. It seemed the whole county had read Squeal Daddy's blog on the skeleton and the ghosts, and they'd all decided to ring Vini to offer their advice and insightful assistance. Harry kept taking the phone off the hook. Vini kept slipping it back into the cradle. This here is good publicity, said Vini. This here is crazy, said Harry. He had his hat in his hands and was pacing up and down the office. He was so frantic he was wearing holes in the wood. We're a respectable agency. I got my P.I. license to protect. You're making us look like a bunch of hillbilly crackpots. He stopped pacing and started chewing on the ragged ends of his mustache. Harry, I said, trying to break it up between him and Vini before she laid some whoop-ass on him. We're barely making expenses. Dode paid us to investigate, and that's what we're doing. Harry said he'd had enough. He mushed his hat onto his head and stormed out. Said he'd be at Pokey's if anyone needed him. Anyone living, he added. He slammed the door so hard the plate glass windows of the old Rexall drugstore tinkled like wind chimes. Me and Vini shrugged. Harry loved to make a scene. He ought to have been born the queen of Nobby Waters, a princess at the very least. The phone rang and Vini answered. She put it on speakerphone so I could get a near full, and so she'd not have to repeat anything vital. I was feeling hopeful. Maybe our dry spell was passing. Maybe we'd get some new clients out of this free publicity. The hood on the Impala had started smoking on the way to work that morning. Black smoke rolled out when I accelerated. It was like gremlins were under the hood frying bacon. I doubted what was wrong with the old Chevy could be fixed with a roll of duct tape and a can of WD-40, though Vini would try. The emergency fund in the cookie jar was down to $5.23. The elastic was going in my underwear, and I was of the age where I'd really begun to appreciate good quality underpants. If Harry thought we were crackpots, he should have hung around to listen to the ding-a-lings that called all afternoon. Lolly Shepherd called to say that her mother Vera had been missing all weekend from Leisure Hills. Could that skeleton be her? Just how fast did a body decompose anyway? But then she called back ten minutes later to say, Never mind, her mom wasn't dead. She'd been out all night making senior whoopee with some hot elk from Oolitic she'd met at a euchre tournament. Some young guy with a Donald Duck voice called. He wanted to know if the skeleton had been wearing panties. Vini hung up on him. A nut from Sparksville, with his own church, called to say that he'd been told by God 
that Vini was now demonically possessed by a dark she-devil. He said he could grant her salvation, but she'd have to sleep with him at least three times. Vini asked how old he was and if he could text her a recent photo. We were both exhausted by lunchtime. Vini had just taken the phone off the cradle. We were settling in for a late lunch of bologna and Velveeta cheese double-decker sandwiches and Cheetos when we got a walk-in. Her hair was puffed up, beauty queen big, like it had been rolled overnight in orange juice cans. It was fire engine red. She dangled a lit cigarette in one hand. Her nails were long and polished purple, sharpened to points like pencils. She was wearing denim stretch capris and a tight purple tube top. Her breasts were impressively perky. Bracelets dangled on both wrists. Not expensive ones. These were cheap and pretty, like those sold at the Five and Dime. She was wearing false eyelashes and enough eyeliner to impress Cleopatra. Howdy, gals. Name is Candy Huggins, from the Homer Huggins's clan down around Scottsburg. Had a dream told me you gals needed some help up here. She plopped down in an office chair and lit her cigarette with a monogrammed K lighter that she pulled from her purse, a tiny silver thing that dangled on a strap from her shoulder. Vini eyed her suspiciously. What kind of help? Ghosts, specters, that sort of thing. Candy looked around the office. Hey, this place is kind of cute. Never been in this neck of the woods before. Had an uncle did time over at Terre Haute, but we never drove through this way. Might have eventually come through this way, but he wasn't there long before they fried him. Some terrible misunderstanding between him and a feeble-minded fella about who owned a squirrel rifle. I was intrigued. What do you know about ghosts? I reckon about everything. They talk to me, right regular, too. They give me messages to pass on to their kin and loved ones. Oh, yak, yak, yak. I guess you'd say I'm like a switchboard to the holy hereafter. She barked out a laugh in a cloud of smoke. Vini handed her Harry's special Grand Poobah Elk's water glass to use as an ashtray. What message you have for us? Candy flicked her cigarette. The lady ghost, the one attached to that there skeleton you found, says she is mighty grateful you found her, says she couldn't resist until she had a decent Christian burial. She's been waiting for a hundred years, you know. Vini was all ears now. I was kind of intrigued, too. What else did the skeleton tell you? Said she wants to talk direct, heart to heart, to the woman who found her. Vini's eyes brightened. That would be me. Well, all righty then. You can set up a seance out at that mansion where you found the skeleton. Heck, sure can. 
Here's my cell number. Candy flipped her cell phone around to show the display to Vini. The two exchanged cell phone numbers. Sooner is better. Now that the ghost is kicking around and about to be buried, we don't have a lot of time before she passes over to the other side. Once she's gone, there won't be any forwarding address. I'm staying out at the Moonglow Motor Lodge down by the river. Vini said, They still got them vibrating magic finger beds? They got lumpy beds. Candy cradled her lower back. And the water out there tastes like it's been plumbed from the devil's own hairy ass. Back in the 60s, the Moon Glow had installed quarter-driven massage beds as a promotional gimmick. People used to meet up there for quickies before going fishing. I reckon they still did. I'd never used one of the magic finger beds, but Vini had once because, well, because she was Vini and had to try every little weird thing. Her report at the time had been, it wasn't all that magical. More like a poke and jab. Then the thing tosses you right out of bed. Sounds like how your ex Fergus used to go at it. Yep, just as magical, but he never charged me a quarter. Candy stood up and tried again to straighten out her back. I wondered how old Candy was. Her clothes said 30, but her neck crepe screamed 50. She was kind of flashy, like maybe how you'd expect a carny fortune teller to be. I decided to poke at her some more. You charge money to do a seance? Course I do, honey. I'm a professional. I got expenses. She opened her tiny silver purse and slid a card onto the desk that featured a crystal ball and a picture of her in a blonde wig taken at least 20 years ago. She was wearing gypsy earrings and gazing at the glowing ball. The card said she was a traveling psychic and a fortune teller. Vini jumped in. How much you charge? Candy looked around the place. I got the sense she was trying to figure out how much she could squeeze out of us before we would squeal. Two hundred dollars. That's my senior discount. You two are getting on. Closer to the afterlife. Don't require as much energy to dial up the dead. Don't mind giving you old gals a break. Vinnie considered this. We still had a couple of hundred left on Dode's retainer, and his second jar of moldy money as a backup. We got to ask Dode. It was him who hired us. This would be on his tab. Who's that? Dode Schneider. He owns the farm next to the Wyatt Mansion. It was him who saw the ghosts and hired us. Candy seemed to tuck that little post-it note of information into a folder in her mind. I wondered if she saw everything and had talked to the skeleton direct. Why didn't she know all about Dode? I asked, The ghost of that skeleton tell you her name? How she came to die with her bonnet and dress boots on? Candy popped out her hips and cracked her back until she could stand upright and normal. Yep, sure did. I can give you a free sample, but you got to buy a ticket for the rest. 
Like I said, I got expenses. Just driving over here cost me a ten spot, and the moon glow ain't cheap. Lay the sample on us. She jangled the bracelets on one wrist. She was murdered, popped off in her prime. Her name starts with an A. Alta or Allegra or Annabelle, something old and fussy like that. She's kicking up a fuss in the apple trees because she can't go on over to the other side until she has a Christian burial. I knew it, squealed Vini. Gals, she's asking for your help to save her immortal soul and to help bring her killer to justice. Candy's eyes steamed up, like maybe she was going to squeeze out some tears. But then Harry came charging in the door, hat in hand. Harry stopped dead in his tracks when he saw Candy prancing around. He extended his hand. Harry Shades, at your service, ma'am. This is my agency. These gals treating you right while I was out on a case. He smoothed back his pewter-colored hair with one hand. He flashed his teeth, which were real and just a tad bit crooked. Harry had been on a case all right, a case of schlitz from the smell of him. Vini explained why Candy had visited. We're going to ask Dode to spring for a seance, help solve the case. Candy here says it's a murder. I reckon having a seance will get us some good free publicity. Candy sidled up to Harry like she'd known him, or his type, all his life. I'll be in town a couple of days, staying down by the river at the moon glow. Don't see no ring on that manly hand. Maybe we could meet up later, go over the case. She batted her eyelashes. Harry put his hands on his hips. I know the moon glow. Could stop by after work. Could give you my full attention then. Maybe take you out for a spotted dinner at Pokey's downtown. Perfect. I just love being escorted. After dinner, I would be needing your full attention, of course. Everything you got, sugar. Harry walked Candy to the door, looking very pleased with himself. As soon as she was gone, Vini pranced around Harry's desk, doing a little snake dance with her hips. Oh, Harry, she said, rolling her eyes. You know where the moon glow is, don't you, sugar? I chuckled. Get back to work, Harry grunted. He went into the bathroom and slammed shut the door. Vini eyed the door. You think Harry knows he's about to be taken for a ride by a first-class hoochie-coochie gal? Imagine he's dreaming about it right now. Vini and I got busy dialing up Dode. He immediately gave his permission to set up a seance that Saturday night. <laughs>